Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix, T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network, by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, the ASU fans home away from home, Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, voted best of Las Vegas two years in a row, Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. 12 Valley locations serving the finest in craft beers and handcrafted burgers. Behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy. Stamina, recovery, Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest and around the United States. It is another edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy uh, joining you while driving. Actually, I'm parked now, folks. I'm at the uh, Burger King parking lot in beautiful Wickenburg, Arizona, as I make my way up to Las Vegas, Nevada, for the uh, UNLV Fundraiser Golf Tournament. Stephen Marsh, I'm guessing you're not in a parking lot. No, no, I'm not in a parking lot. I'm in my room in my... (laughs) <laughs> so what a new open for this show i'd like it we're, we're getting uh big time here with the official uh opening uh titles there with the uh i like it for the show we're we're working on it so it's another club hockey southwest weekly we got another great guest joining us another repeat performance because when you're that good we keep bringing you back and back and back. It's the commissioner of the uh, Western Collegiate Hockey League. Uh, Chris Perry is going to be joining us in about two minutes here. But, um, Stephen, I'm on my way up to see you. Um, have you cooled it off a little bit? I left Phoenix uh, about an hour and a half ago. It was 113. I got to Wickenburg about 70 miles or so, and it's now 93. So can I keep counting on it going down or not the way it's going to be when I get there tomorrow? No, I. <laughs> it's usually still pretty nice out in the uh, 80s and the 90s, so it should be should be pretty okay in the morning time. That's the good thing that this golf thing's at seven or eight in the morning. <laughs> I'm already looking forward to the early wake up call tomorrow morning, but it's for a yeah. good for a good cause, and I'm looking forward to being out there with you and and with all the UNOV folks and all the sponsors that are part of that golf course well, tomorrow. You know, COVID has been so crazy to us in all the different uh, aspects, but kudos to Nick Garoni and uh, Anthony Vigneri-Greener for uh, continuing to plot along and, and do their fundraising and keep the golf tournament, which has been a tradition now for a few years, uh, to keep it going. And because eventually this is going to subside and maybe our uh, guest tonight will be able to fill us in a little bit on, on where we're headed. But once it does subside, you're going to need money, right? I mean, it, uh these guys are paid for play, as we say over and over again, and and you're going to need some cash to uh, continue to play hockey. So uh, kudos to them for getting a full field and, and having us all out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. we got some great giveaways. we got uh, a trunk full of T-shirts. we got some masks. we got some pens, some koozies. And the biggest part, Stephen, is we've got $500 coupons off of our uh, – our uh, corporate partnerships. So if there's any businesses out there in Las Vegas that are listening tonight, come see us at the tent and, and pick up one of those $500 off coupons. The best value in podcasts, in website, in marketing in the desert Southwest. Okay. Um, we have a lot to talk about with our guests. So let's go ahead and bring on our, uh, our special guest tonight. Again, Chris Perry from the Western Collegiate Hockey League. Commissioner Chris Perry. How are you, Chris? I'm doing all right. Can you hear me? We can hear you real well. Can you hear me is the question. Uh, I'm in a parking uh, lot in Wickenburg, Arizona. 
<laughs> I, I heard you, and I heard about the I heard the temperatures, and I was like, well, "Wait a second! I'm going to sit here in my nice air conditioned room, and uh, I'm not going to leave until December." Okay, I'm sure Scott. I'm sure Scott's nice and comfortable in his air conditioned car right now too. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, the yeah. King parking lot. Uh, right. <laughs> shout, shout out to Bell Ford in Arizona for getting us the uh, the best ride out there. Uh, this thing is fully loaded and it's got some great Wi-Fi, so Wi-Fi, I'm able yeah. to continue to broadcast right from the car, which is fantastic. But nice. that's true dedication, right there, de- broadcasting from your car. That is as true, true dedication. You know, he could have said, "Well, I'm driving to Vegas. You do it on your own, Stephen." But he didn't want me to do the show by myself. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris, let's jump right in. We we talk to you uh, about every other month because uh, there's so much going on. First, it was the addition of the new teams coming into your conference, your league. Um, and then it was uh, uh, the COVID stuff and where are we going to start, where are we going to start, who was going to play, who wasn't going to play. Do we have any more clarification right off the get-go tonight? Well, uh, yeah, we have some clarification in terms of who's not going to be playing any hockey uh, for this fall semester. And that would be all 10 teams from the Western Collegiate Hockey League. Um, whether it's by um, choice by their program, whether it's by uh, their own school, um, you know, uh, requiring that uh, all 10 teams from the Western Collegiate Hockey League um, have officially notified the ACHA that they will not be playing hockey this fall due to the coronavirus. Okay, so that uh, is very crystal clear. Uh, I've heard a number of different rumors about um, possibly starting in January, um, possibly, you know, I I talked with um, uh, Chad Berman the other day, and he told me that it appears that the uh, national tournament has been moved back. I'm guessing you can confirm that as well. It's been moved back a few dates, but, but still in Boston, is that correct? Yeah, um, let's, let's you know, from a WCHL perspective, all 10 teams are down for the fall semester, and we're hopeful that they're going to be able to start resuming play uh, once the new year rolls around on January 1st. Uh, January 1st is a Friday. It's not really realistic for uh, those teams to, you know, for us to expect the teams to play on January 1st. So it's really looking like January 8th would be the first weekend that folks uh, – would be available to play in 2021. Uh, the 10 teams in the Western Collegiate League are uh, 10 of 49 uh, out of all of the ECHA Men's Division One that have notified uh, the the league that they're not playing this fall. And uh, you know there are 400 plus teams in all of the ACHA. And I, before we before I signed on here, I looked at the the list. There's 49 of 72 teams right now that are officially uh, out for men's division one. There are 97 teams at men's division two that are not playing. Um, there's a, a similar number for men's three. Uh, the vast majority of women's one and the vast majority of women's two are not playing. So as a result of, uh, and, the, and when I say not playing, not playing for the fall semester, they're going to hope that things have changed, that the climate has changed, that people are wearing a mask or that we have a, a vaccine or something that will allow us to, uh, resume playing hockey in January. And because of that, they have, uh, the ACHA has moved the national tournament dates back by three weeks. So it was supposed to be March. Uh, I don't know when it was March 25th. I think it was something along those lines. Maybe it was that weekend, uh, Thursday to Tuesday, I think on the March 25th weekend for men's division one. It's been now moved back to April, I believe it's 18th, the weekend of April 18th, whatever that is. Um, again, Thursday through Tuesday. And uh, what that does is it creates some, it creates some flexibility for, uh, for some teams because, you know, with you're, you're basically getting the, uh, you know, 60% of your schedule with not being able to play in the fall, 60% of your schedule is just getting, you know, lopped off for you, just being truncated. It's being amputated. And, um, by adding some, uh, some, some three weeks to, by pushing nationals back, it adds three weeks to the schedule. It gives you a little bit of relief 
Um, so that if you do start playing in January, you have basically 11 weeks to play uh, some games. And that's presuming that you're playing every other, every weekend. So between January 8th and I think it's that last weekend in March, um, uh, there are 11 full weekends. So you can get in a theoretically a 22 or a 33 game weekend, depending on how many games you like to play on a weekend. Okay, Stephen, you got something for Chris? Sure. So, uh, so Chris, as we go talk more about this, um, you were mentioning you know moving the tournament back, and you've got more opportunities to to play games in those uh, into March. Um, what has been the discussion so far on on what what the season's going to look like in January for this conference and for others that are are starting up uh, in January about um, how many. For, like to qualifying for the tournament and and what how many games you have to play and all that what what's been what's the discussion on that so far from sure sure there, there's been a lot of discussion about that i'm i'm, I'm uh, it's good thing you brought that up it's a, you know no, in a normal season Stephen, um acha teams uh have to play um uh 20 games 20 men's division one games uh, just to qualify for the national tournament. And if you're in a conference that receives an auto bid, such as the Western Collegiate Hockey League, every team in your conference has to play those 20 games. Um, and, and it you know, it doesn't have to be in conference. It just means you got to bag 20 Division One games. They don't want anybody to sandbag and play a half dozen games against Division One, and then uh, you know another 15 games against Division Two or Division Three teams. That's what the old Arizona guys used to do. Um, under Coach Bill Bieski, right? They used to play ASU four times, and then they played 200 times against Cal Santa Barbara and, you know, San Diego State. And, and they, then, they, then they'd moan and groan that we, oh, no, the ACHA doesn't want us to come to nationals. Well, you don't even qualify, buddy. So, um, uh, so anyways, yeah, I'm sorry. Had to, had to poke Leo in the eye there. Sorry about that. Um, so the discussion now, obviously, with the coronavirus, it gets into, um, you know, uh, how, how, does, how does all of that come into play? We have computer rankings. Um, you know, computer rankings are, uh, you know, they're very dependent on, uh, they, de- they determine your strength of schedule and, you know, how you do or how you, uh, how the results of the games, who you play, that kind of stuff. It all affects your computer ranking. And what really helps your computer ranking is when you get outside of your conference, um, because that kind of tells you whether a, you know, a, a 20 and one Arizona state team is the same caliber quality as a 20 win and one loss Cornell team you know, who plays East Handkerchief State and, uh, you know, the blind nuns of New York. So, you know, for ASU to go 20 and one in the, in the season, that's pretty awesome. But, you know, for, so that's why those out of, out of conference games, uh, non-conference games are so important for a computer ranking. And, um, you know, with uh, a revised, uh, with a revised season, um, you know, it throws a lot of stuff in the mix because the computer ranking is, uh, you know, it gets better as time goes on. And if you just in a normal season, the computer ranking finally settles down around December, January. And, you know, after about 15 weeks of worth of games, uh, worth of data, if you will, get into the system. And if we're only playing 11 weeks of games at, at a max, you know, it kind of puts that uh, computer ranking into question. So, yeah, there's been a lot of questions uh, about what to do, um, you know, and, you know, nationals and, uh, it's, uh, right. It's, it's kind of a, it's still a very fluid, um, system. I think we're going to land on something here pretty quick, uh, which will alleviate a lot of the problems, but, uh, you know, we, we, we got to get there first. Um, you know, nationals is as it's scheduled right now, it's, we're supposed to have 72 teams from all five divisions showing up for, you know, a week in Boston. And, you know, that's just right now, that's not realistic as we sit here on August the 26th, right? So if for, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but, you know, Massachusetts, even if you're coming from even the neighboring state of Rhode Island, you have to quarantine for 14 days before you even go there. I was just going to bring that up. uh, That's still in effect, right? Yeah. And so, you know, imagine, and that's just if you want to, you know, 
just if you want to go visit Nana and Grandpa. Um, you know, you right. get a quarantine for 14 days. Never mind. You want to bring, you know, 72 teams of, let's say, 20, 25 kids each. Um, and you want to bring them up to go play hockey, you know, against one another. It's uh, So right now the Boston is kind of, you know, it's, that's where we're officially going. I wouldn't at all be surprised, guys, to see that we, uh, that Nationals probably gets moved to a different location. Um, you know, and it might, and it might end up being a, a situation where it's a, uh, division one nationals only, you know, where each of the five divisions has to break apart and do their own thing because the key with this coronavirus is, and I'm not going to say the key, but uh, you know, all, if you listen to everybody, um, all the smart guys, the scientists, what are they telling you? They say, keep your group small, right? They don't want large gatherings. Right. They don't want, um, super spreader events. They want things kind of small. So we're trying to think how can we avoid a super spreader event? How can we keep things as small as possible? How can we avoid some cross pollination? Um, you know, so that, uh, you know, we're not infecting, we're not, Oh, I, I saw something the other day where it said a, 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 a some biogenetics conference in Boston that involved 120 <laughs> participants. I know what you're talking about over. Yeah. They, it's resulted in like 20,000 cases of coronavirus yeah. from and when they that went was all back, around the, over the world. It, yeah, I heard that too. That was back in February before they really knew anything about the virus and how it was spreading. And, and yeah. so that's a lot of people. But um, we had uh, on my show on Monday, the uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, I had Kenny McCudden on, the assistant coach from the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And the other thing is the testing process. Obviously, the NHL has done a fantastic job of doing what they do. Um, yep. to, to keep it under control. But uh, Kenny was telling me, and I said, man, hockey players are tough because I've had one COVID test. It was the nasal swab, and, and it wasn't pleasant. I mean, it was durable. You know, I had to go there for you know half an hour, and it took about 10 minutes, and I was in and out and gone. But um, he was telling me that he had, he thinks, 38 of those nasal tests done mm-hmm. while he was in the bubble in Toronto. And I'm going like, good Lord. And he said, well, you just get used to it. And I'm going, yeah, I know. But then you think of the cost of that, uh, what it must be to, to test everybody like that. Uh, you know, obviously the NHL is a different animal, but for, for colleges, if you're going to try to have some sort of safety protocol, that that's a costly event too, isn't it? It's going to be, yeah, it would be a costly event. And, and as you know, we have uh, over 400 programs in 48 different states in each um, university has different testing uh, protocols and testing. You know, there there are in, just in men's division one alone. There are programs that are supported by the university there, where their hockey team is wrapped up in their athletic department. They're considered varsity, and then there are hockey teams that are literally just a true club sport that are run by the students. And literally, you know, they have bake sales and you know they sell uh, uh, you know raffle tickets and in you know chuckle pucks at, at uh, during the intermissions. Uh, to raise money so these kids could can get on the road and eat. And so um, there's just a disparity between uh, resources that we can't control. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult uh, – it puts us in a difficult spot. Uh, so it's um, – I wouldn't at all be surprised, guys, to see uh, the Men's Division One tournament get pared down in terms of numbers and also just get pared down and separated apart from the other I, – I, I think – this is just me speaking, me personally, um, with not an awful lot of insight as to the inner workings as what's going on. But um, I think you're ultimately going to see five different national tournaments um, at five different uh, five different locations. Yeah, that would seem to make the most sense. You know, in, in terms of your conference, uh, your league, Chris, a lot of the scuttlebutt and rumors that have been floating around out there about maybe playing your schedule and then having a conference tournament and then having one team uh, advance out of that or, or some, something like that. And, and to tell you how much the rumors are spreading, I got a, I got a text message today from uh, Catfish Atelier up in uh, Prescott Valley. And he yeah. said, Hey, I hear you're having, uh, you're having Chris Perry on today. He goes, could you, 
Could you kill a good word for us? Because we'd really like to host a tournament if he has one. <laughs> so, so where'd catfish, you, you, I did my job. <laughs> where did you, you hear this nasty rumor about the tournament? And... Uh, it, it is circulating everywhere. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I probably get um, three to four texts messages every week from yeah. somebody asking me if there was going to be a tournament format. And I said, you know what? I have no idea right now. I'm just hoping that there's going to be some games played, but um, everybody is jacked up about it. They all want to have a tournament. They all want to have some resolution. And quite frankly, we just can't do it at this point. Can we? No, no. I mean, that's the, as we sit here in the middle of August, late August. Yeah. It's not looking very good. Um, I think we're just all hopeful to be able to play at some point in time in the spring. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we, in, we're, we're trying to be the ACHA and the specifically men's division one, we're trying to be, um, a little proactive and, uh, you know, not necessarily get caught with our pants down when, uh, we don't want to come around to January and February and we get the green light to go play and we just stand around and look at one another and say, okay, now what do we do? We'd like to have a plan in place. And so that's, that's kind of the stage where we're at now. Um, uh, you know, there are going to be some teams that are able to play uh, against one another in the fall. And I, I can tell you it's mostly teams in the upper Midwest. It's going to be the Minots, the Jamestowns, the Midlands, the um, not Maryville, but uh, Waldorf. Um, and they're probably going to play uh, Iowa State to a certain extent. Um, they're, they're right now probably going to end up, it's not going to be a weekly affair. They'll probably end up bagging somewhere between six to eight games during the season, during the fall part of the semester, when normally teams would, you know, what, get 20, 22 games. So, um, you know, we're, we're trying to find a, a, a format uh, that would work for nationals that will, if we're allowed to play in the spring, um, that will, uh, that will, uh, you know, it, it would have a, uh, it would alleviate a lot of the concerns that we've, you know, that we just talked about, whether it's computer rankings or strength of schedule or conference play or non-conference play. Um, I've advocated, you know, if, if we do, if we do nothing, um, then we've got 20 teams that are going to wherever nationals will be. Um, conference winners, there are nine conferences, eight of them have an auto bid. So there'll be eight auto bid teams and 12 at large bids. Um, and we play the normal, you know, one and done type of a deal. Uh, I, I don't know how realistic that is simply because, you know, again, we're talking about, uh, you know, all the smart folks or the, the scientists are telling us that we need to pare things down. And we need to, uh, you know, try to minimize the number of groups that we have in any one particular place. So one alternative um, or one possibility that I, I initially advocated was let's, you know, this is an odd season. It's a w weird season. Let's, for men's division one, let's, you know, maybe do regionals, you know, have an East regional and a West regional. And then, um, you know, we could have 10 teams come to one place and 10 in the East and 10 teams come to a place in the West and, you know, we could have uh, the top four, or not the top four, but the, we can have two winners come out of each place. And then they meet, you know, two or three weeks later, those four winners, the two from the West and two from the East, and uh, they can play a, you know, a, a weekend one-and-done tournament. We get a winner out of that. Um, something else I've, I've, I've advocated or sponsored was, a, again, the regional tournament, but instead of bringing four teams, just have a, a, team, a champion from the West and a champion from the East. And then those two teams meet somewhere in the middle, uh, say Chicago, St. Louis, and they play a best two out of three, kind of like college baseball and college, college softball do. Sure. Um, you know, and, and you know, uh, you're going to get, if you play a best two out of three, you're going to get a winner uh, and probably right. a deserving champion. So, uh, so that was something that's, that was, um, you know, that, uh, that has been considered. Um, another possibility, though, is exactly what you brought up, Scott, which is, um, you know, there are nine conferences in the ACHA Men's Division One, ten if you consider the independent teams as a conference, as their own conference, and just have ten, uh, you know, each have each one of those places have a playoff, each one of those conferences have a playoff, and your playoff winner goes. Um, and that way there's no worry about auto bid, there's no worry about 
strength of schedule. There's no worry about ranking. It's no worry about, you know, the number of games you've played, whether you've played in the fall or the spring. It's, you know, can you get to, can you get to your conference tournament? And if you can get to your conference tournament, if your school allows you to play, then can you win it? And if you win it, right. you know, we figure, figure if you can win your conference tournament, you ought to be able to, uh, you know, three weeks later, you're probably going to be able to go play in the national tournament uh, where, you know, 10 teams would go and it would be, uh, you know, nothing official, but it would probably be um, seeded, um, you know, based on the strength of your conferences over the past few years or the strength of the teams out of each conference in the past few years. So you would have, you know, you would have some play-in games, you know, seven would play 10, eight would play nine as kind of a play-in games. And then the next day, I think you'd have what, one versus, one versus eight, two versus seven, three, six, four, five, you know, and then uh, after that, sure. you just have semis and finals. So, I mean, that's a possibility and that's probably one that's more, more likely than not, I would say. Um, okay. There's some... There's some Fair whiner enough. teams out of the East. Um, <laughs> I bet there are. <laughs> one in particular who's, I won't name it, but it rhymes with Rony Rook. And um, <laughs> they, um, they think there ought to be more than, more than 10 spots uh, available. Right. And it's, you know, they think that, you know, that, that they think they're, uh, they just don't recognize that we're in a pan- the middle of a pandemic. Right, and that this is a strange frigging season, and that you know, you got to do. We're we're trying to make well, chicken soup out of you know chicken, you know what? So it's uh, uh, in, in, in quite honestly, I want to tell I, them this, Chris. Yeah. I, I want to tell them this at, at Rony Rook. Um, yeah. Just take a look at you know. I was just listening to baseball as I was driving up here, and and I think about the Diamondbacks stuck in the National League West with the Dodgers. I mean, you have to win your division to become a wild card team. Uh, the Diamondbacks for the next fifty years are never going to win their division unless the Dodgers fall off the edge of the earth or something. So it's yep. like you know what? Uh, that's just the way it goes, folks. And especially if it's a one year deal, it's a one year deal. Yeah, well, that's just it. It's a one-year deal, and and that that the whiner, uh, the lead whiner, I should say, is in a uh, is in a conference with uh, the number two team in the nation from last year, Liberty, and he's just um, right. you know I've I've said it to to the guy when I've talked to him. I said you're just you you don't have the confidence you can go beat him. I mean, the easy thing to do is just go win, you know. And um, yeah, right. You know, we all want a mulligan. We all want some. Uh, we all want you know, some assurance that we're going to be able to go to the nationals. But unfortunately, this is a, a unique uh, spot, a unique situation that we all find ourselves in. And if we're going to try to give ourselves the best shot to be able to play in April uh, at nationals, wherever it might be, um, then, you know, probably a, a, an eight or a 10 team tournament uh, would be the best bet versus a 14 or a 16 or a 20 team tournament. Absolutely. Stephen, you got another one for Chris? Uh, you know, you know, you look at, I guess, a lot of this, you know, these these decisions. You know, you look at the pro sports that are going on right now. You've got the the bubbles, of course, the NHL and the NBA. You've got NFL, which is getting ready to start, and you've got you've got uh, what well, you got college football for those that are going to play in the fall, and even a lot of college football conferences or conferences for co- college sports in general have moved to January. So uh, maybe. I guess I guess it's going to be a lot of it's going to be waiting to see how some of these pro sports or these college NCAA sports that are going to operate in the fall how it goes and and we maybe we'll get more of an idea of where things are if they're successful in putting on a putting on a season or without much of an with a lot of outbreaks so I guess it's, a lot of it's going to depend on that I'm sure there's there's no doubt about that Stephen and you just look around I mean school started up either this past week or last week. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, I, I think comparing it's, it's good to look at, at pro sports, um, to see what they've done, but that's not really a fair comparison because they do have the resources and they can, um, confine themselves to one or two places. You know, the NHL was the smartest of all. They got the heck out of America and they're up in a, you know, they're up there in Canada. I, I yeah, absolutely. America's yeah. attic. But they're up there where they're taking where they're taking the uh, the coronavirus seriously, and yeah. um, you know every, there's a there's a national policy there's a national mask mandate and 
you know, uh, they're, you, you can see the results. They're not suffering the same uh, degree of whether you want to look at hospitalizations or infections or deaths. There's pales in comparison to America's. And unfortunately, you know, I'm not, not trying to be political here. It's just the, the way it is. Our numbers are, this is something we don't want America to be number one in, but unfortunately we are. And so it's, um, you know, I think a, probably if we're looking at pro sports, probably a more accurate comparison would be like Major League Baseball, where they are doing their best they can. But, you know, kids are guys, players are still showing up and getting infected and they're having to adjust on the fly. Heck, did the Miami team didn't even play for a week. I'm pretty sure the Cardinals right. had. I think the St. Louis Cardinals have still only played like five games so far this season. Um, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but they've—I think they played <laughs> half of their games, half of their yeah, scheduled I think games. They have, uh, Fifteen or sixteen out of thirty-one or thirty-two. <laughs> but, for, but for the most yeah. part, it's been—I mean, other than those, it's, for the most part, it's been going on pretty pretty well for baseball, other than those few outbreaks that they've had. And they've well, been able it, to adjust around it. It, it. it has, it has, and you know, again, they have the they have the. Um, you know, the resources to, um, you know, confine their guys to a particular place to fly on charter flights. You know, they're, yeah. it's lifestyles of the rich and famous um, for major league sports. And the ACHA is definitely not that, um, you know, w- whether you're at the top of the ACHA men's division one heat or whether you're, you know, number 72, it's, you know, everyone is pinching pennies and we're not staying at the Ritz Carlton and we're not flying charter flights. Everyone's staying at a, you know, the, the Holiday Inn or the, um, or the, or the, you know, if you're, if you're lucky, a Hampton Inn and, um, you know, you're, you're busing or you're flying regular flights with everybody else, you know, you're hopefully a Southwest flight, um, you know, where your bags fly free, but, um, right. <laughs> you know, it's with, with colleges opening up, we're seeing a lot of outbreaks, you know, and, and unfortunately, um, I, I, I kind of chuckled. Um, because I saw where, you know, uh, someone said, Hey, if you're, if you're playing for containing the outbreak, containing the, uh, um, uh, the coronavirus on, on your campus was relying on 18 to 24 year olds to behave, um, <laughs> right. you know, once, once they got together, that's not really much of a plan. And you can't see me it, now, but I'm, I'm raising my hand for Arizona state. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's everywhere and it's, yeah, um, I'm in Oklahoma. Um, you know, there was a sorority house that at, at one university here in Oklahoma that just got shut down um, last week when school started, even before school started, because they, you know, they had a gigantic party. Um, there were three, right. three other places at the University of Oklahoma that got shut down uh, for the same reasons. We've all seen the videos, whether it's from Auburn or Georgia State or uh, wherever around, uh, you know, from, from schools returning to campus. I mean, re- returning to, uh, the kids coming back to campus and kids are going to be kids. You know, they, they're, they're young. They think they're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And, and, for, you know, thankfully most of them are, but yeah. they're also spreading this thing in, in, uh, you know, we're, if we're, if we're going to play in January, it's going to need a lot more discipline. It's going to need a lot more masking up. It's going to need a lot more social distancing now so that we can contain the virus to allow us to play in January, February, September, uh, uh, March, hopefully to get to April to, an, to a national tournament. Okay. I want to talk about something positive because we always talk about, uh, and we started uh, back in March about the positivity of, uh, your league growing by three teams and yeah. we were all looking forward to that. And uh, last night on our, uh, our NCAA show, we decided to bring in some guys from UCLA and uh, we were asking them about hockey in the, in the uh, Southern California area. And, and I, I bounced off of them. I said, you know, wh- why don't you guys push to be ACHA D one? They said, Oh, we'd love to, but with, there, there's no competition for us out here and we'd have to go to Arizona and, and, you know, we still bus in vans and, and all these different things. And I'm going like, okay, well, you know, we, the, the context of the, of the conversation was, uh, is there a future for UCLA, USC, those schools to ever get uh, NCAA status? And clearly they would have to get to ACHA D1. So it leads me to my question, Chris, about the positivity of it. I'm headed, like I said, to UNLV to, uh, to, to be up as a part of their fundraiser, right? So uh-huh. 
they're they're moving on. They're they're continuing to do what they can to at least build funds and and tell us a little bit about what you've heard around the WCHL and how they how places are. You know, we know that U of A started a website to sell some products and things like that. But have you heard of other things of what teams are doing during the uh, pandemic when they're not playing to at least keep themselves in front of fans? Well, sure, sure. There are there are a lot of things that, that that schools are doing. U of A is probably, I would say, at the at the tip of the innovative spear in terms of you know trying to get out there and you know making their fans aware that they do have a team, even though they're not going to be able to play this fall, that the team still exists. But there are other ways um, that uh, that, that uh, schools are doing it. I know Missouri State is. Um, they're getting together. They have get-togethers with their season ticket holders. They have a very loyal season ticket holder fan base. And so um, they're still getting together um, with their season ticket holders. I understand they're, you know, uh, having uh, certain, you know, practice events um, that the folks are invited to, and that way they can meet the guys afterwards and, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, uh, you know, interact to let them know that, Hey, we're all in this thing together and we're trying to get through it. And while we're not playing now, we hope to be playing hopefully after the, uh, after the new year. Um, I, I know that central Oklahoma is doing something similar, not so much with their season ticket holders, but with their uh, student fan base. And, um, I've heard, uh, not, uh, uh, not, not, I've heard that Arizona State was doing something. Um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head what it was that, that Coach Green and you know they're they're, they're going to have a, a small army that comes out for their tryouts. They it always amazes me. <laughs> yeah, one hundred and twenty you know, plus. Yeah, it's in, it's insane for for three maybe four teams, and so um, I know that those guys. I thought I. I I'm, not, I'm probably speaking out of school here, but I thought I heard that those guys were going to be playing uh, amongst themselves with, in terms of um, some, like some men's league type things through the fall in order to, you know, kind of keep their skills sharp so that when January does roll around, if we are able to play, you know, there'll be, there's no steep learning curve. Those kids have been skating and, you know, playing against one another and, uh, you know, some of the better pro athletes there in the Valley. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they'll be ready to uh, rip and tear once uh, once January rolls around. So it's yeah, and then there are some other programs that are just you know can't do anything. Poor Grand Canyon, I understand from Danny Roy is not you know their their school is not allowing them to practice uh, through the fall. So I don't know what Danny's been able to do. I need to touch base with Danny. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to you know just do an, an awful lot of off ice stuff um, on campus. But, uh, you know, Oklahoma, I know, is putting off their uh, getting their kids on the ice until, you know, middle of September. They would normally be up and running right now. Uh, so it's every, every team is different and every team is doing, you know, different things. Poor Colorado doesn't even have ice, doesn't even have ice. They won't, they're not going to have ice um, oh this year at their place. So, yeah, they're going to have to uh, outsource. They're looking at, at another at another using an, an outside facility. They're. They're blessed beyond belief because they have a beautiful on-campus facility uh, as part of their student rec center. And they yeah, it's nice. Like I've, been, I've been there with UNLV. It's it's a nice facility. Dang right it is, and yeah. it's it, it's gorgeous. And they don't pay a dime for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, ice is free, and you know, free beats anything. So uh, boy, does it ever. But un- unfortunately, they're the the the, kind of the university isn't going to put ice in this year, um, which you know, that's their decision. And so uh, the poor kids at CU, they're having to look elsewhere. So okay, kind of so wild. I'm, and that gets, you know, that gets in the way of my, of my dreams of a playoff. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I would love to be able to go to free ice in the middle of Colorado for a, for a playoff <laughs> right. tournament. Right. Yeah. So, so I want to ask you this. Um, you know, is there talk out there or discussions out there about eligibility uh changes for players especially the seniors and stuff that that may not get a chance at uh obviously not a full season but maybe not a season at all is there any talk of that within the acha of extending any uh, eligibility for them yes yes right now there's a um um there's uh, because of the pandemic and the way things ended for the spring semester there's something that the acha is calling a hall pass 
And basically, if you were eligible at the end of the spring, you would and uh, you were going to be eligible to begin playing the fall. Um, so they weren't going to, you know, when schools when schools went from uh, in person classes to online, uh, they also sh- some, some schools shifted from letter grades to just pass fail, and that gets in the way of kind of what we do at the ACHA because we're very focused on GPA and you know credit hours earned. So the ACHA had um, provided, this is, again, thinking we were going to play in the fall. They said, okay, everybody gets a hall pass. So if you were eligible uh, to play in the spring, then you're automatically eligible to play in the fall. Well, fast forward a couple of months. Now there are 49 teams that are not going to play in the spring, in the fall. And so that hall pass has been, if you're not going to play in the fall, that hall pass is going to apply to the spring. So if you're eligible last spring, um, then and you're not playing in the fall, then you're going to be eligible to go in the in the um, in the spring using the hall pass. If you play a game in the fall, if your team plays like Minot, Jamestown, Midland, Waldorf, Iowa State, if those guys guys play in the fall, then they'll still have to comply with the regular ACHA standards in order to be eligible to play in the spring. Which means they got to enroll in twelve past nine and all with a 2.0 GPA or better in this semester, even if they only play one game. Um, now, there was recently, in fact, it was last Friday, a rule was, uh, or a, not a rule, but a, a guidance was issued by the ACHA that said, look, we recognize that teams, you know, we're hoping to be able to play in the spring. We just don't know, and we won't know until we get there. Um, so for right now, um, the guidance is if, you play five, I, th- I want to get this right. I believe it's if you play five or more games in this season, then you will have been declared to use up one year of your eligibility. But if you play five or less, I'm saying, I'm saying that wrong. I believe it's less than five. Then you, we wouldn't count, the ACHA won't count this as a year of eligibility for you. And, um, and, but with the proviso that anybody that plays any bit at the national tournament, that would be considered using a year of eligibility. So let's say just let's use UNLV for, for a, for a, for example purposes. Let's say they're, they're only able to play four games this year. Three of those four games are in our Western Collegiate Hockey League playoff. They win the playoff, they go to nationals and they play one game at nationals those guys would use up one year of uh, eligibility just from the one game at nationals. Cause you have, there's a rule in the ACHA that says that if you play at you're limited to the number of nationals events that you can play in during your ACHA career. And it's five. So, um, okay. And, and is that something that uh, you think would, would be looked at to, to change under these circumstances or no, it's still going to hold tight as far as you see. No, 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 that's, that's still going to hold tight. If you're if you're going to go to if you're going to go to um, uh, the national tournament, and then uh, you're going to use up a year of eligibility. Okay. Well, that uh, that makes a lot of sense, I guess, from from the ACHA as uh, as far as the way they laid their ground rules out. But excited to hear the fact that if you play four, you know, less than five, I guess. Uh, that you got another chance. And if you don't go to nationals, you got another chance. Cause I, you know, that's what I feel the most bad for Chris is the seniors, uh, the uh-huh. guys that have waited for this opportunity and, you know, through no fault of their own, they're, they're probably, well, they're easily not going to get the same experience. Uh, and if they get any experience, it could be different uh, and, and kind of unfair, but you know, that's across the board. And, and I think athletes in general, have done a really good job of accepting the uh, coronavirus as just a part of life. I mean, uh, I, I'm really proud of that, all the athletes for what they've done and the sacrifices they made at every level. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough, right? And everyone's, we, we all want to play. And I know that um, sometimes when you get me on here, I kind of sound like Eeyore a little bit. No, what was me, but want to be positive. We all want to play. We're doing what we can to, to try to find ways to, to get kids to play. And, um, you know, they're making the ultimate sacrifice because they're, they're the true, uh, not the ultimate sacrifice. Jeez. I'm sorry about that. Um, they're, you know, I don't, there's a lot more serious stuff going on than playing a game, 
But um, <laughs> right. when, when I think we know what you meant. We know what well, you sure, meant. Sure, they're they're true student athletes, right? They're paying to play the game. They're not scholarship athletes. They're not these guys that are getting wined and dined by the NCAA. These are kids that are just when you think of true student athletes, the ACHA is full of them, and all, they're making sacrifices. Um, you know, with their schoolwork, with their money, with their time, with their energy, they could just go be college kids and have fun and not give a rip about playing hockey, but they want to play and we want them to play. And so they're making, you know, uh, they're, they're doing, I know that for the most part, most of them are doing what they can in order to have a chance to play. And that's, that's what I mean by they're making uh, huge sacrifices. It's, um, it's, uh, it's they they don't get enough credit for doing the good for doing the good job that they're doing. Well, and that's why you know that's why we continue to to push on with the podcast because we try to find those stories that are out there and try to keep it out in front of people. And and the golf tournament at UNLV is just another example of the you know the they uh, the hockey players are there. They don't participate in the golf tournament. They get out there and they do the work uh, that needs to be done to see the make sure the golfers have a good time, make sure the sponsors have a good time. And, and I think that's really important just to keep it going, to make it at least seem as natural as, or as normal as possible. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I'm looking forward to an upcoming season. I told Catfish I would, uh, if you need to, I'll send you pictures of the, uh, <laughs> the beautiful Prescott Valley Arena because it's fantastic. <laughs> well, you know, that's so that's the if crazy you have thing, guys. It's a great spot. <laughs> that, that's that's the crazy thing. We don't, you know, geography is not our friend in the Western Collegiate League, Isn't and that a we've fact? we've we've never had a, a playoff tournament. So I was asked, um, you know, on on the slide, if we go to this ten team format, conference winners only, could I put together a playoff? And I was like, well, if that's all, if that's how we're going to get a team to go to nationals, if that's how we're going to play, then heck yeah, I'll do it. So uh, we put it to the to the Western Collegiate League coaches, and uh, almost to a man, they were for it. Um, and um, we we settled and on nobody, a format. Nobody won for two or three. Uh, no, no, there was there was. Can we get two or three teams in? Just a couple. There was there was a couple that were looking for you know kind of gritting their teeth and saying, oh boy, a one and done type. Because if we since we're if we're going to go this route it basically is going to create 10 regional tournaments, right? right? And your national, yeah. if you, if you make it to your conference tournament, you've basically made it to nationals. You just have to win that weekend in your conference to go to the national event. And uh, so we're, we're going to have, we've decided on a format. It's, you know, we have 10 teams. We're going to bring the top four from each division. So we'll have an 18 tournament. East four will play West one. And it'll go like that, East 3 versus West 2. So it'll go four games on day one, two games on day two, a championship game on day three. It'll probably be that same weekend in March. I mean, that's going to be a, a just a – if we're able to have it, it's going to be a stupendous weekend of oh, ACHA hockey because all ten – all nine conferences plus the independents, you know, uh, Minot, Jamestown, Toledo, and Alabama, they're going to have to uh, – get together and have their own little tournament. It's going to be 10 tournaments and the hockey is going to be insane because the winner gets to go to nationals. Yeah, I think it's uh, and, and I was telling uh, coach Berman that when we talked, I said, you know, if I were running the ACHA or like I, like you are with your conference, I would try to make this as big a bang as I could if you're able to play this spring, because why not? Right. I mean, the NFL said, Oh, what are we going to do about not having a, a live draft or it's our big deal. And they made a big bang out of doing it via zoom. So, I mean, it can be done and, you know, for it, it, hopefully fingers crossed, this is just a one year event. Um, go for it, make it as big and fun and great as you can make it. Yeah, it should be. I'm, I'm, I put it put the call out there for bids. Uh, I haven't seen, I know that uh, catfish and uh, Danny coach Roy at uh, GCU that they're talking about possibly uh, hosting, I've received two bids uh, so far, and I've I have a Monday deadline, uh, so I'm expecting a couple of other folks. I'm expecting Coach Berman at U of A to put in for it. I'm expecting um, uh, uh, the two Oklahoma schools to put together a joint bid. They've told me they're going to put together a joint bid. I've got uh, a bid from I received one today from Missouri State, and I've had one from Utah. So uh, I told guys go. that we're not. Interest. We're, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I told guys we're not going to take the the cheapest. You know, it's not going to be the poor boy route. I'm going to take the one that is uh, the the one that makes the most sense, the one that is most reasonable. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into here. Um, it's cost, it's optics, because I, I sure would hate to. Um, just the notion, guys. I'm, I'm probably leaning more towards a team, more towards an event that would be on the on the Western Division of the uh, WCHL. In other words, the Arizona and Nevada. Utah hey, we like that on this portion. show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it just it just right. you know I hate the idea that let's say um, the optics just wouldn't look good if uh, I, I think if let's say UNLV has to travel to Missouri State wins the tournament, gets to go home, and then three weeks later has to go to Boston or somewhere else. Right. Um, you know, whereas if the West, if the, you know, let's say the teams from uh, the eastern part of our conference, the Oklahomas, Colorados, if they have to go to, say, Vegas for a tournament and they win, well, then they come home and they're, you know, halfway to wherever it is they need to go for the national tournament. So, um, well, well, I'm going to throw in I'm going to throw in my two cents worth for catfish one more time because I've been to that facility. It uh-huh. is a fantastic facility. It's about six thousand seats. It's neutral site. Uh, nobody else plays there, and uh, they've got uh, luxury boxes. They've got all the capabilities for broadcast. They have a beautiful press box. So, I mean, it is a fantastic site. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure he'll send you pictures and everything else. But uh, it was built for AHL hockey, or and actually they played ECHL hockey there. But uh, yep, it is the one, yeah, yeah, one beautiful facility. And like I said, if you're looking for neutral site, it's a neutral site because uh, nobody else plays there. So there's yeah, my two cents worth, Chris. Well, I appreciate that, and I'm sure Catfish does too. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, the the nice thing is, guys, we're we're blessed with, um, you know, the Jordan Valley Ice Park at Missouri State is just awesome. It's awesome, and they get a great level of support. The university and they've hosted regionals and nationals there before. Um, uh, the Utah Rink in Salt Lake City is awesome. They, they've yeah. hosted nationals and regionals there before for the ACHA. And it's, and it's been used for the Olympics too. So I mean, yeah, that's a great facility up there. Yeah, the the TCC down there in Tucson, if if Coach Berman can pull it off, is awesome. It's what a great facility. It's it's huge. Um, sight lines are good. Everybody can so be socially distanced um, if need be. You know, so it's that that's good. Um, if we can make the Tim's Toyota Center there and Prescott work, um, you know, that's a neutral place. I've never been. I can honestly say I've never been. I know about the Sundogs. had a couple of friends that played on the Sundogs there. I had a guy that ran the Sundogs for a while, a buddy. Um, and so they, uh, you know, Prescott, I sure would be nice. But um, we, we have, we're, we're going to be fortunate that we have uh, uh, some choices and some good choices. It's not like we're just going to have to, there's only one place that has interest in, uh, so we're, 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 it's, it's a good problem to have. I just hope we're able to play. I mean, in all honesty, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm, I just hope we're able to play hockey. I'm, I'm grateful, you know, this time, a couple of months ago when you guys had me on and I appreciate you having, you know, doing this podcast over the summer, but, uh, you know, it was looking kind of bleak and we weren't talking hockey as much as we were talking pandemic, at least now on this thing. You know, here's your ray of sunshine, Scott. We're talking more yeah. hockey than anything, right? So yeah, absolutely, I, absolutely. So I'm, That's what yeah, it's all it's, about. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I just hope we're able to play. Well, I can't uh, end it on any better note than that. So, Chris, thanks for sharing uh, with us again. It's always nice to visit with you. Uh, we're going to keep calling you because as long as things keep rolling along, we need to have you on. Uh, Catfish, if you're listening, send that check my way because. I did as much as I could tonight. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, though, it is a fantastic facility. The first time I was there, I had heard stories about it, Chris, and, and when I got there, I could not believe what I was witnessing. Um, it, it's like a mini NHL, and I say mini, it's, uh, you know, without the upper bowl. But the, the, the seats, that, the luxury boxes that go around it, the lower, the, talk about sight lines, it's perfect. And there's a... Uh, you know, basically TV facility broadcasting stuff. So it, it's a great facility. And like I said, I think the biggest thing for me would be a neutral site. Everybody would have to go play the tournament uh, without having their own building. So, I don't know, everybody else is going to start poking me now and say, why are you saying that? But I think that would be really fun 
environment to watch a tournament be played. So thanks for joining us. Be safe. Uh, we will talk to you again very, very soon, my friend. Appreciate you guys having me on. Keep doing a great job pumping the uh, ACHA. Scott, watch out. I got a feeling that uh, Greener and Nick tomorrow are going to kneecap you with all your, uh, <laughs> since you're promoting, since you're promoting uh, catfish in the Tim Center as opposed to uh, the City National Center. Uh, yeah, well, though, new, I like and the new and the new Henderson <laughs> facility too that'll be open up by then too. Yeah, so. see, come on, uh, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta figure out where your bread is buttered, buddy. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Appreciate you have it, a great Chris. Night. Uh, yeah, you Thanks, too. Chris. Thanks for joining us. Uh, that's Chris Perry with the Western Collegiate Hockey League. Uh, the commissioner joining us as uh, we always like to talk with him and, and get his whole thing. Let's take a quick break. Steve and I will come back uh, and wrap up another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly in about three minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest. And they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player. Or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our Three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. You find your product with M-Drive. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit ease. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. 
Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, and we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you on the road from Wickenburg, Arizona, on my way to Las Vegas, Nevada tonight. Uh, Stephen Marsh from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, tucked away safely in his house, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Stephen, let's wrap things up. Uh, just give me a quick synopsis of Chris, and then I'll let you do your read. Yeah, that was a that show went by really fast. We uh, got into some good discussion there. Uh, you know, it, we all hope there's there's hockey, and and you know, I I want to be optimistic and think by by January we'll be in a in a better position. You know, we'll have to see how some of the fall sports go in the NCAA or, or the pro leagues and stuff. But um, I I like the uh, the different ideas that were being thrown around for the national tournament and how that could work. I think you know this is such a a unique season you could try things you know baseball did it they were trying things that they haven't tried before just to you know cut for the kind of unique to this season that maybe they can adopt later i'm not sure any of these any of these proposals being thrown around for this season for the acha would be ones that would stick but at least it would work in this this regard i like the idea of the the tournament we've talked about that before and uh, doing like a conference uh, tournament thing um that would be great uh, whether it be down in, in down there in arizona or be here in vegas that's one thing uh, we do have a lot of great facilities that could host something like that here in the in the WCHL. Uh, you know, I and and in all fairness, so Nick and and Anthony, don't beat me up too bad. Is that uh, that there's a lot of great facilities, and of course, Vegas is always a great host as well. But uh, if you've never been to Prescott Valley, uh, it's one of a kind, and they would treat everybody like kings. Well, and, and I of think course, it, it is neutral site. That's a thing. Well, well I, I like the idea of being a neutral site. Um, you could do. You could use the Henderson facility. That would be technically a neutral site because UNLV doesn't play their games there. If they, you know, they could play it at the new Henderson rink, and that would be considered a neutral site, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like. I mean, you see that in the, in a, you see that in a lot of college tournaments where they play in neutral sites or they play in, you know, arenas that aren't where the team that normally plays their play. So it's just everybody's kind of on an even playing field, and you know, it doesn't have to be that, but, but. Yeah, if, if you wanted to look at it that way, it would be it would be fair that way. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, I guess we got to stay tuned, and I'm sure we'll have Chris on again at some point, and we'll see what the update is. Hopefully, um, you know whether we don't see from the league or whatever the update is. Um, we know that January is the target date for the start of the season for all the schools in the WCHL, and for a lot of schools in the ACHA. Now, there are some that's still going to play in the fall. I guess you're going to try to play, and so that will be interesting too. And, so. and you know, and that's what they say now, but let's see what it actually plays right. out when it comes down to it. So you start messing with eligibility by playing too many games, that mm -hmm. might change their mind as well. But who knows? Uh, one thing we do know is I will see you tomorrow, my friend, on the golf course up in uh, Bears Best Las Vegas at uh, – Wow, what a, what a beautiful golf course. It's going to be a fun time. We've got a lot of good stuff to give away as well. Um, and stay tuned next week, starting Sunday. It's uh, it's our Minnesota week as I get back to Minnesota again for a week. And we got uh, Pat Micheletti coming on. We've got Rob Stauber. We've got Jess Myers. We're hoping to get John Harrington uh, on our show next Wednesday. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I know my Minnesota bias, so you and Paul can beat me up. But uh, <laughs> anytime we can get those four uh, Minnesota greats together, uh, it, it's going to be a fun week. So, Stephen, take it away, and we'll say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Vote of the Best Ford dealer in Arizona, Bell Ford. The Arizona Ford Giant is presenting partner of the Sunday special Asked to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey Southwest sent you to see the top line of four trucks and more, which Scott is in one of right now. Uh, cold beers and cheeseburgers. Our dining rooms, in accordance to CDC guidelines, are open in all 12 Valley locations and in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. T-Mobile's, home of America's largest 5G network. See Andre in Paradise Valley store at Shea and Tatum and let him show you the power of the new T-Mobile.
Now you can bring the best of Las Vegas home. Stop by Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas and pick up a bottle or three of our championship barbecue sauce home. Buy Summer Skates. Your team can design its own logo and show it off with pride on our koozies and shower shoes. Team discounts available. You can go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and you click on the Summer Skates banner. Behind the mask for all of your hockey needs. Visit any of our three locations. College Bar and Grill in Tempe by ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena. Learn to play hockey sessions are back for kids and kids at heart. See OceansideIceArena.net for more details. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Score a Roger Klein hat trick. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try each of our three styles of the best-tasting tequila. By OxyPow, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. By MDrive, go to MDriveForMen.com. Try our new Relax Supplement for better sleep. MDrive for energy, stamina, recovery. By the Ice Den, Scottsdale and Chandler. Club Hockey, Southwest Weekly, and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live each week on the Podbean app and are available for download at the uh, Apple Podcast, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Newly available on the TuneIn app, just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done. I know you got the new read from Paul because he uh, he was very proud of working that up. So, And you also turned on Alexa for me now, so now I'm listening to the podcast on Alexa. So thanks, Stephen. I appreciate that. My, my Alexa didn't turn on. I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I, will, I will see you tomorrow morning, my friend. Uh, I will text yep. you in the morning, and uh, we'll be yep. bright and early out on the uh, Bears Best Golf Course at yep. 7 a.m. We'll be uh, carpooling to the golf course, and it'll be fun. I'll get to experience that wonderful uh, car that you got from Bell Ford uh, myself get to cruise, I've got cruise, it cruise I've got your golf. address plugged in the navigation already I will uh, I'm gonna get to bed here soon so I can get some sleep and get up at yeah, the crack I'll, of dawn <laughs> and I'll and I'll see you uh, I'll see Vegas in about three hours and 40 minutes it's telling <laughs> okay. me so All right. well safe travels. have a great have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, stay tuned Sunday night for the uh, Pandemic Playoff Podcast and all of our great guests next week in Minnesota Week. Saying good night uh, for our guest, Chris Perry, and my co-host, Stephen Marsh. This is Scott Strandy from Wickenburg, Arizona tonight. Have a good night. <laughs>